This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're listening to The Property Show on the morning run. I'm Sim Wee Boon. It goes without saying that the COVID-19 crisis has significantly impacted the real estate industry in the past year and a half. Health concerns and stay-at-home orders probably led to fewer buyers looking for homes and fewer sellers willing to list their properties or even allow strangers to enter their homes during a pandemic. So how has this affected the work of real estate agents and negotiators? Uh, And furthermore, how does it affect those that perhaps want to dip their feet into this industry? Well, joining me on the show today to give his take is Aaron Xiao, the Group Vice President of IQI Global and founder of IQI Elite. Aaron Xiao is a veteran of the industry of 11 years and he's won multiple awards in the industry throughout his career. Good morning, Aaron, and welcome to the show. Let's start off with my first question, just a bit of a 101. Can you walk me through the process of how does one become a fully-fledged real estate negotiator and then a real estate agent and maybe a bit on the difference of the two. All right. So, um, real estate agent in Malaysia, right, uh, usually what we need to go through is actually two years of uh, study or or in other words, is to pass the 12 papers and right after that will be another two years of practicals and usually we have to sign off the logbook by a principal, which is already a real estate agent. And right after will be two theses to be complete and then we'll be waiting for interview and right after probably like three to six months, you'll get a license. So the whole process will involve like almost five years. So to become a real estate negotiator, what you need to do is just like attend two days of course and, and yep, you can start a business. And what we, uh, as a rent, what we need to do is actually we have to park under a real estate agents. So we will be guide through the real estate agents. So that's probably the biggest difference. Okay, but is there a significance in a sense of like who gets to sell a house, who cannot sell a house? Do people just become a rent and that's there or do they all naturally aspire to then upgrade to become a real estate agent? Okay, as a real estate negotiator, we need to go through like renewal courses every single year. And I would say that uh, in order to sell a house and uh, who can sell a house or who can't sell, who can sell a house, I, I would say that there's not big differences. But um, as a real estate agent, what they can is actually to hire 50 real estate negotiators. That's a limit to it. So uh, usually the real estate agent will guide the all negotiators about the selling house processes and we'll work very closely so that yeah, the information, the knowledge is actually passed through to all the rent. Do we have more real estate negotiators than real estate agents? I mean, how's the makeup of that? Yep, we do have more real estate negotiator than real estate agent right now in Malaysia. So, uh, in fact, I would say that like um, a lot of young people right now, what they do, they don't start off the career straight go to real estate agent because there will be a five years process. So probably they will see if they're interested to, to, to continue this as a career or to further this as a career. So they started off as rent first. So that will, that probably will be, um, then after, I mean, right after that, what they will see is, okay, I think this is actually for a longer term. Then they will then decide whether they want to become a real estate agent or not, because like you can actually sign up a course uh, in, in some of the colleges in Malaysia, and that will guide you through to, to kickstart your real estate agent journey. Okay, but if your passion is just to sell house and maybe kind of mm. like look at that industry itself, you don't really have to be an agent. You can just stay no. as a rent and just do a really good job at being a rent, right? 
Yes, yes, yes. You're right, you're right. How has COVID-19 affected the number of people who want to become real estate negotiators or agents? After the pandemic, like last year, March, right, we experienced lockdown. And to be my surprise, in fact, like our recruitment rate has increased by almost 300%. And globally right now, as Joy IQI, we're having about 18,000 agents. So uh, that is actually from 15,000 uh, in 2019, okay? So I would say, you know, this pandemic actually gives us more opportunity. And a lot of younger people see that uh, become a real estate agent because we can actually move our operation online and they can actually reach out to more buyers. So I think that is actually a part of, you know, why people are coming into our industry and, and joining it because we can fully do it online and work from home. What are the challenges to get these people on board? How many of them are actually like, do look at it from a manner where like, you know, this is something that I want to do seriously or rather than just take it on as something part-time? Okay. Like I would say, uh, as a real estate negotiator, what we usually do that we will let, we, we do a lot of trainings and they have a lot of learning that need to do. But right after that, they catch actually uh, to, to do, to actually put in actions and they will see, okay, uh, right now, this is a training. I learned, I learned all this knowledge from my senior, from the company. But right now, I can actually put it into like, uh, let's say, Zoom grooming, Zoom presentations, all right? So they will actually try out. And once they taste the taste of success, they'll actually keep wanting it for more. Just like uh, right now, a lot of uh, a lot of viewing, a lot of operation actually moving online. So it's actually enable, like, especially young people, they already live in it. So... For example, they can become an influencer in any social media platform being in real estate uh, topic. So that is actually something that a lot of young people are actually right, trying to do right now. And in fact, many of them have uh, achieving greater success in it. So this is also open up a whole new level of opportunity for them because they are not just like, uh, like my photo uh, or probably like my post. They're actually providing value. They're actually providing knowledge. They're actually sharing a lot of uh, information that uh, people may not usually know. So this also gives them a stand in, in social media platform. I guess from your observation, you're seeing more and more younger people come into the fold. Is, is the scene in Malaysia, at least in terms of breaking down the numbers, do we have more young people? And by young people, I would imagine them to be between the age of 35 and below. Or is it still an industry that's dominated by fairly maybe middle-aged to older people? It actually quite uh, all right. Right now, it's more to dominate to younger people. But for, for those, like, let's say 35 and above, and there are also people who can adapt and who are who adapt to digitalizations and transforming. And a lot of them, they're actually keen and taking leads uh, in, you know, like the transforming the business from traditional way of doing a business to digitalizing way of doing a business. So I would say that it's actually a mixture of like, uh, you know, sometimes we may have the knowledge of how to use Facebook how to use social media, but we may not have the knowledge of like why people are buying property. So it's, it's kind of like mixtures. And we also giving out a lot of sharing of like, let's say you have the knowledge of why people are buying property, how's the market's movement, what's the analysis, but how do you communicate out to, to, the, to the people out there? So right now I would say that the, the, the best way is to through social media or through the digital digital platform. So we're actually doing it in a way of like uh, senior will share to the junior on all the uh, so-called knowledge and junior will kind of improvising on the platform so that like all this information is actually shared across. 
Yeah, so it's it's great to hear that because what I want to ask you next is how are the older rents and older agents adapting to this kind of like new normal, you know? I would say that yes, definitely will take some time. But what Jua did is actually what we have is actually a platform that you know right now Zoom actually you can do recording for every single sessions. So we actually like every single good session that we recorded will be posted online in the portal so that for for some older generation that they really keen in learning how like using Zoom, how to speak to client, how to you know like that totally different platform as what we used to be. So like that also provide a lot of learning uh, opportunity, which this is actually uh, do very well that putting all the right strategy or right technique to use digital platform to conduct the business. So I think uh, to, in order to answer this question, right, I would say that it's actually the training processes, the, the, the way of the training has become so easy for us. It's like 24-7 as and when you want to learn it, you just log in online to see how younger generation is doing it. And in fact, it's just a copy and pasting. Do you think social media is a good thing or more of a bad thing for real estate agents and real estate negotiators? I would say yeah, it's more the good way because like right now, let's say right now we're experiencing lockdown. 80% to 90% of people will be in social media, especially those people who are keen in buying property, that kind of age group, they'll be in the social media. So what we do is uh, we are trying to be innovative in our advertisements, try to catch their attentions so that they actually, uh, you know, like will, will send in the inquiry. So that's actually one part. But the other part of it that we're doing uh, is more to our culture is that we are pushing in, our, I mean, we push out the value. For example, like a lot of young uh, first home buyer, they may not know where to start. Okay, so how do we communicate with them? I, I would say that social media will become a big help in this. Like we're actually sharing out a lot of ebooks, okay, and, and a lot of information. And I personally did a lot of live, Facebook Live, just to give out value. So we also attract a lot of like potential buyer and they will also engage with us with a lot of questions so that we also know what they really need to know. They also uh, get the knowledge from us so that from there we actually engage. Yeah, I would say this is actually a big help from social media. Uh, if it's without social media, it's very hard for us to move forward. Uh, before that, before this, uh, the whole pandemic, probably we like to do seminars. We, we like to do offline things, you know, like like buffet seminars and all this. But just because social media has enabled us geographically, okay, location-wise, it's not a problem. Like we can access to the whole Malaysia right now uh, by giving the same information. All right, yep. we're going to take a short break. Uh, don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned into The Property Show on The Morning Run. I'm Sim Wee Boon. And with me today is Aaron Xiao, the Group Vice President of IQI Global and the founder of IQI Elite. Aaron Xiao is a veteran of the industry of 11 years. And we're here today to talk about how COVID-19 has affected the career prospects, the situation, and how real estate agents or negotiators do their work. Um, okay, Aaron, uh, I want to continue our conversation and ask, how has like COVID-19 affected the work that you do? I would say that last time we has used to like show presentations, you know, property viewing is everything has done, done online and people just will came to show a visit and, you know, like we will engage question, answer and all this thing. But uh, right after the pandemic, we were just thinking, uh, can all these things being done online or not. But luckily, a few years back, I actually personally purchased a 360 camera. And the reason why I purchased that is actually I wanted to try, can I capture the entire showroom and just put it online so that when we do root show, when we do, you know, like offline presentations, it's much more easy for us to show the clients 
And just because this pandemic happened last year, so actually like just to retrieve back the file and to try out, can this be done over online? But luckily, luckily, yes, the answer is yes. Like people can actually, oh, okay, that's a showroom. You put the whole showroom online, you put the whole showroom on the screen. So let's, let's explore. So from there on, we actually see uh, technology actually help. And I will say that uh, both buyers and also agents, they actually adapt to it and accept it. This is actually a new norm by uh, how we actually view the property. It's one thing for the agents themselves, the negotiators themselves to adapt to it, but are buyers generally um, okay? Because I think you know, Malaysians at the end, they, a lot of them want to actually see, physically see the showroom, the model apartment or model house. Eh? So, you know, now that you've transitioned to a digital viewing, I mean, do you find it harder to convince people to buy? Do you find that their work has now, rather than last time, maybe it takes just a day to convince someone, now it takes like more than a week to convince someone? All right, I would say that like uh, at first we were thought this will happen, but in fact, no, because COVID actually changed everything. Like, let's say I'm a buyer. Uh, that's what probably in my thought that I want to visit the showroom, you know, I want to see, I want to feel. But probably COVID will make me think twice, you know, like, do I need to go out? Like, I probably I want to stay set at home. So, like, offer this opportunity. Some some of buyer, in fact, ask us, do we provide online viewing or not? You know, and they want to experience it. So, I would say the COVID really changed how people, how, how a buying process or how people making a process, uh, uh, making a decision buying something else. And this actually affected and it actually do more helps uh, for us to convince the buyer. Because eventually, if you, if you know the locations and if you know what you're buying and if you see the showroom and the show, in fact, we actually capture the whole showroom. It's such a photo uh, by 360 degree. So I would say that it's actually almost 90% of information is there. Mm. Yeah, but outside this virtual viewing, what else needs? What else ha, needs to be done, or has changed for a real estate negotiator or real estate agent to help them secure the sale? Is there any kind of like uh, extra work that needs to be poured in that has, is a bit different from last time? Yes, I would say uh, right now we actually uh, encourage agent to be more social media. I mean, to be more like on the screen. Okay, what what do I mean by that? Right now, let's say during before lockdown we actually able to go to showroom. So what we did, we actually encouraged all the agents to pick up the phone and record themselves in the showroom to do virtual viewing. So instead of just showing you a 360 degree kind of photo, what we actually show you is actually, I'm talking inside the showroom. I'm doing the viewing with you so I can send over the file, send over the clip like, okay, Mr. Bayer, this is actually a living room. So this is how I explain about living room. So you're there representing the buyer so they can see for themselves. Yes, 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 yes. So we actually also enhance the whole experience. So instead of just like um before you and I mean before you're engaging in the Zoom meeting. So in fact you we already know like 60% of it. But how sustainable is this whole Zoom online thing? I mean, do you see being the normal even after we get out of this pandemic? I would say half and half. Like, we still need showroom uh, because that's where brick and mortar people can feel it like what you say just now. But I'm sure that a lot of people have already, like, accept that this new way of, you know, like, uh, making decisions in buying property that, in fact, if I can, I will just probably like 80% of the time I'll spend online with that agents. And then for the 10%, I'll just have a look to, to, to just to make sure that, you know, uh, all the informations are aligned, all the information is correct, then I'll make the purchase. But that will, 
I would say that it's actually changed. It's actually changed the way of how agents approach the buyer and how buyer receive information from different agents. And I would say this will actually carry on. Like I mentioned just now, we're actually taking a video of ourselves walking through the showroom and giving a very personalized kind of uh, so-called viewing presentations. And this, this is something that we never do before. So this is something that we can actually carry on because we see that buyer love to see all this video. Because once we send him a short clip, like this is kitchens, you know, this is actually a living room kind of short clip. And they actually see it and ask us questions. So we see more engagement in it. So have you seen an increase in sales? Have you been able to sell more properties since the pandemic or has that dropped drastically or is it still relatively the same? Our sales since last year, uh, same day, like last, last year around June, July, same period, right? Our sales increased by 300%. So that is, uh, we actually analyzed the figures. Why? Why did this happen? Because first, um, agents has already adapted to it. Like, like they know how to use the new way of selling property, how to how to use more different way to to engage with the buyer. In fact, we actually send buyer more information. That's first. Secondly, right now the time limit, we are not limited to the showroom opening hour. You know, like we can actually do Zoom even in 11 p.m., even in like uh, 10 p.m. So that's something that we actually open up more opportunity. So third is actually from a buyer perspective. Right now, a lot more people they actually realize that lockdown and all these things, they, they rest one thing that they need bigger space. And I would say work from home may not be the norm for us before this pandemic, even for me, myself. And right after we experienced the whole lockdown thing, working from home required a space that sometimes it needs to be very quiet, like, you know, uh, while we're doing Zoom presentation and all these things. So people actually realize that, mm, I think it's time for me to upgrade my property. So that actually gives them a lot of motivations to, and, and also the time that enable, enable them for them to actually look for the options. So that's where I think the sales actually increase. But this is interesting because, you know, given the economic situation and the sentiment that pe- a lot of people would interpret it that, you know, it's not a great time for businesses. It's not a great time. There's not a lot of money out there, but you're seeing an increase of sales. So, you know, what exactly are these products they're selling and who exactly are the ones they are buying? All right, I will just put it in a few perspective. Like, yes, uh, certain businesses may not be, uh, they're actually affected by the COVID. But in fact, right now, a lot of, uh, if you notice, entrepreneurs, they're in younger in age. So they actually conduct the business online. So in fact, they are not just like earning as a salary worker. They also try to improvise to become an entrepreneur. They actually start to sell things online and that's where they're actually having extra income. The other category of people is people who are having a motivation to actually move up from current place. Probably some, some of them, they are so used to renting a place or probably renting a room. And, you know, before pandemic, probably eight to five or nine to five, you know, uh, after that will be makan outside, but now come back, sleep. But now, no, we have to lock down at home. We have to spend like 24 hours in this space. So that gives them a lot of motivation. Probably they've been the procrastinating before. And now they say, okay, it's time for me just to get a property. On the ground, are prices at its lowest or can it go lower? Or do you see it going up in time? The prices is at the right market price. Okay, why is it so? You know, like, like how, how do developer price the property is actually uh, from the costing and from the valuable and then from the banking that they need to accept the price because eventually they are the one that give out the loan to the buyer, right? So 
uh, right now, all the developers that do the launches, they are not daring to actually price it high so that they can make profit. But what they, the direction right now is actually price it right. So the buyer is buying in the right price so that the bank will agree in it. It's like, what will happen in the future? Nobody knows. But at least you're buying in the right price. Is location still a very key factor? It's a yes and no questions because like nobody know will this end or not you know some people will say that okay i'll buy this property chances are this property will only hand over to me four years later if it's a project so i would say yes location still very matter because you know they don't want to be end up to be investing a place that they are not comfortable with okay and some people yes like what you say they actually open up the opportunity to see further away and it's a bigger space. They can use the same value of money, but buying a bigger, uh, more luxury, you know, in, in space so that they can do a lot more things. However, I would say younger generation, they will still look into locations and they still want to be in the, uh, where the central gravity is. So what's the hot area now? Uh, if you're asking me KL, right? Yeah. As long as you're in Valley, it can be a hot area. Example, like yesterday, someone asked me, uh, they called me up and said, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm actually comparing Wangsa Maju and Damansara let's say uh, mm. uh, one new area. Mm. So I say, you can't compare like that. If you tell me that, I can't say that, oh, Wangsa Maju is not good or Damansara is good or Damansara is not good or Wangsa Maju is good. I, I, I can't say that because different market within Klang Valley itself, it has its own market. Some people, they just say, die, die, I want to stay in Wangsa Maju. Mm. Some people say, I've been staying here in Damansara for like, since I'm young. So I will not move out from Damansara. Mm. It actually built out already. It actually built out the community here. Uh, people who are living here, they really get what they want. It's just self-sustaining really. Even in Wangsa Maju as well. So in, in Klang Valley, in fact, like as long as you're not buying into weird locations, uh, chances are you are not getting into a wrong property. But again, like I said, uh, five years ago and five years today, what's the biggest difference actually? Like how developer in daring in pricing a property? Personally, for me myself, I like to buy in the places that are undergoing transformations. Because yeah. like if you see the history, like uh, Bangsa South, we used to call it Kampung Kerinci. If you buy during people don't believe in Bangsa South, they still see it as Kampung Kerinci. And compared to today, you probably own that property for 10 years. And right now, people really forget about Kampung Grinchi. What they see there is Bangsa South. They see Alibaba is there. Mm. So they already accept that this is like a whole new thing. You know, it's a real transformation. It's Bangsa South has to be like this. It's, it's no longer Kampung. So even like Indi and KL Central right now, you see like 20 years ago, what happened before transformation, after transformations. So personally for me, I would love to see where is the location that undergoing transformation and usually the transformation will involve 10 years or more. Mm. So uh, if I have an opportunity, I will say that uh, any developer that building a township within Klang Valley area or any places that undergoing massive transformation and we are still in the midst of transformations, these are all the locations that are worth looking into it because uh, during the transformation, a lot of, some, some believe, some don't believe, you see. The fundamental has to be this location itself already matures or, mm. or probably like surrounding of it already matures. Like no point that you tell me that the new area, new, new, new area, like let's say Sepang and all this, like further away, that is an undergoing transformation. But to me, I, I would say it needs a lot of time now. Thank you very much for doing this show. I've been speaking to Aaron Xiao, Group Vice President of IQI Global and founder of IQI Elite. I'm Sim Weeboon, signing off for The Morning Run. We've got the 10am news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.